0: how to play poker. poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. This is Poker Action Line. A weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
1: And welcome once again everyone. Big Dave and Joe here for another edition of Poker Action Line as we Head into the holiday season. We want to wish uh, you and yours uh, a ha- happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh happy New Year, all the holidays. Kwanzaa.
0: Oh, Kwanzaa, everything, everything.
1: We certainly uh, uh, look forward to a great holiday season, obviously. Uh, next week we're going to have a best-of show, and we'll uh, replace some good interviews from uh, this this uh, year, 2017. And uh, we were working on some guests for after the first of the year. I still want to have Kui Win on. And uh, his co-author, Stephen Blay, who is also a uh, uh, works with advanced poker training. So uh, the writer of the book that just came out, and you're seeing probably some excerpts on different uh, media outlets, uh, is also a poker teacher as well. So a very interesting book, and uh, I've uh, looked at a little bit of it, but I wanted to make a little more uh, uh, in-depth study of it before we have Quion and uh, we'll work on that for the first part of the year. Also, I wanted to mention uh, we didn't have Bernard Lee on this year. Um, just I didn't we had him get at the well. Obviously, of the year. We, had, we had we him had him, we had him on this of, year, yes. but I mean uh, this winter, I right? Right. Because usually we have him on to talk about some of the uh, uh, Christmas stuff that he does up in the Boston area, and, and uh, he did that last weekend, by the way. And I'll mention a little bit more about that a little later in the show. But it's not like we forgot about Bernard. We just uh, both on our busy pass and of course he's celebrating his tenth anniversary of his show. And
0: uh, and he was also we just kind didn't enough get together earlier in the year to send us T shirts when yeah, he was absolutely. Doing his thing up. Absolutely. At, the right tenth anniversary the show, Series right? Exactly.
1: Uh so uh I just thought about that uh, when we start talking about the holidays, but uh he continued all his efforts up in the
0: Boston area
1: this year and we'll get a a he little story about a, that a little bit later on in the show.
0: Everybody everybody should aspire to be like uh, Bernard Lee because let me tell you does stuff for charity, handles a family, plays great poker. Like you've mentioned many times on this show, he wears a lot of different hats. Right, absolutely. And he's great at all of them. Well,
1: uh, we also have an article that uh, Joe brought in that I wanted to talk about. And uh, uh, just to kind of set it up, uh, I I think a lot of times we save our strategy stuff for later in the program. But I want to kind of kick it off with that tonight Uh, because uh, you pulled this magazine out from 2006. And I want to start there because... Uh, we didn't start our program till 2010, but 2006 was a very big year. Uh, the UIGEA came out. Before that, when this magazine came out in May of that year, poker was huge. I mean, we had had the, uh, uh, the moneymaker effect and Greg Raymer and uh, Joe Hashem, and uh, we were headed toward the Jamie Gold uh, uh, World Series with the biggest crowd ever at the main event that and, year. And the biggest payout 8, to, to date also. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I'm looking at this magazine that you brought in, and it's a little yellowed around the corners, and uh, you know. But the, the thing that shocks me is how thick it is. I mean, <laughs> I pick up Card Player magazine pretty much every week, or every—it comes out every two weeks. But uh, every month, I pick up some copies. I bring Joe an extra one. Uh, when I was moving uh, last year, I gave Joe a whole box of them to go through. And,
0: and that's one of them right And there, I didn't realize, day.
1: I did not realize how thick this magazine that's was. That's the first
0: thing I realized when you gave
1: them all to me because they were oh, all everywhere.
0: from 8, 9, 10, 11 years ago, and they're all very thick. Well,
1: just just to give you an idea, this one is 162 pages. The current one that I just brought in for Joe tonight is 50. 50. So you talk about major man, and this happened all all over the publishing business, so you look at Sports Illustrated or Playboy or anything
0: they 're much thinner uh you know i don 't know if thin is in or what but but, uh, but in the poker world, we know the reason for it yeah it's once all the internet sites got you know taken out of here, you know that that they all fell under the d o j and illegal all the major advertising that used to go into this for all the different. Uh, online sites, sites, you know, and everything else, new new sites that were starting up. I was part of one in 2004 that advertised in, in the card player. Now, that was the place you wanted to be if you wanted to try to, you know, make your business, if it was online or otherwise, start taking off, you know, because everybody read this. Dave, like I told you right before we started the show, I started reading Card Player many years ago when when Linda Johnson was, was one of the publishers before she made a deal with Barry Shulman the, to uh, take over the, the cruise and sell her part of the magazine out. But, you know, I used to subscribe. This is before they used to come out in the card rooms down here because back then it was a quarter fifty cent game. No one had these. And, you know, I I I lived to read this. I, I, I honestly give a lot of credit to the writers. And the you know the the people who contributed to to the columns to helping my game, and I'm sure they've helped you know thousands of other poker players you know transition from hold'em you know from uh, uh, limit hold'em to no limit. reading the stories, you know, before ESPN was on, I wish I could give credit to the young man. I know he passed away, uh, used to write all the stories on all the different tournaments in the World Series of Poker. So every two weeks, I couldn't wait to get the magazine because he'd go over some of the things, the things that we used to see early on when ESPN first started doing it, that they would not just do the main event. They would do other tournaments. And I look forward to that, to, to reading his columns, how he, you know, he made me feel. He wrote like he made me feel like I was at the table watching this live. Right. And like I, you know me very well, you mentioned on the show, I don't like to watch poker that's already taken place. But this guy kind of put me there, and since you didn't have the Internet and, and go poker right. and all these sites, it, to me it was very exciting at that
1: time. Well, we we think about the time since we've been on the show. I mean, you, you see how much thinner this magazine is. Which still has plenty of content, but obviously much less advertising. Uh, it's probably less content as well.
0: Uh, well, yes. Because and they I, have to
1: streamline the operation.
0: Uh, and, you know, you've got to remember, they had a lot. Of, I mean, listen, the, the article that you're talking about, that you haven't mentioned the author yet, but this is Tom McAvoy, Daniel Nograno used to write for them, Hellmuth. You know, you had great people, you know, great poker players that wrote for them. And I don't know what they were paying them. But you know, obviously, when the advertising slowed down, the magazine got less, and there was a lot less contributors writers to right. to to their to their columns so unfortunately, yeah it is a little bit of a shell of what it used to be, well, hopefully
1: things will take off again. I don't think in the in the people that play poker and love poker uh care about it any less. I just think, you know, the outside businesses are not taking as much of a notice. Uh, we'll take a look later in the show at uh, where online poker is heading now that uh, Pennsylvania will be going online in 2018. Uh, will that unleash the floodgates and have, see lots of new states? I want to talk about some of that, which states are somewhere uh, along the line toward it, that direction. And uh, and we'll talk about uh, wh- where it's headed Uh, we're seeing more and more casinos open. Uh, The the big ones in Massachusetts will be opening in the next couple of years. Uh, We've had new ones open in New York. Uh, We'll probably see some expansion in Connecticut and some of those places. But it continues to grow, and there's a desire for this game still.
0: Absolutely, Dave. And what's starting to get smart with, uh, I think, what Pennsylvania did that was so smart, we we addressed it on the show, was into their state budget, their yearly budget, they put in the projected dollar, tax dollars that they were going to get from the online. So, I don't want to say they were pigeonholed into this, but you know, you know, I, I don't have the exact numbers that they were predicting to make and what they were using into part of their of their um, into their what they were projected you know projecting into their uh, budget. But it had to be large, and they, as we saw, they got it passed and everything else. And I think if it starts producing the numbers that they they've put on this mm-hmm. or exceeding it, I, I believe that you will start within the next two or three years, you know, one or two more states, one or two more states. And before you know it, you probably got half of the United States involved in online poker. And then the only thing after that is to either make it national-wise or, or as they, you know, as Nevada, Delaware... I don't know if New Jersey is part of that. That they they're um, yeah they they're, will be they, they're so, commingling yes. with their players on all of that, which is what we've always wanted here. This is what we had before. Now we're just looking for it to be legal. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, let's get to this article here in our first segment here, and uh, uh, basically the quote. Uh, well, the name of the article is Mike Carroll is right, and it's written by Tom McAvoy, uh, who basically expounds on uh, the mad genius uh, Mike Carroll. Uh, who wrote an article a few months earlier uh, about the how math is meaningless in poker? Now, McAvoy doesn't completely agree because he said there Neither is some I. place Neither for it. Neither do I. But this kind of uh, st- really struck a chord with you. Uh, the original quote is: "In poker, math is meaningless and psychology is paramount." So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, this was the original article was written in Card Player. And uh, for those who don't know, Mike Caro, he for years wrote in Poker Player and had a regular column where he he highlighted one word and then expounded on the questions surrounding that. Uh, He's known as the Mad Genius, and we haven't seen him all that much over the last few years, but uh, uh, certainly one of the uh, pioneers of the game. And
0: he's written a lot of books, too.
1: And he wrote on uh, Doyle Brunson's original Super System book, and uh, he has talked about uh, the importance of knowing math to solve some of the problems of poker, but he said that um, basically uh, it's it's meaningless once you get into the game if you don't know how to study the psychology of, of the other players.
0: Well, yeah, like he's trying to say, if if you can get into your opponent's head and really study him and know the type of game that he plays... Math no longer plays the, 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 quote, important part that they've always said. And my issue has always been is, yes, I've always been a math guy, and probability will come out over a certain amount of time. But that's an infinite amount of time. You you, you don't know if it's going to happen in your lifetime, okay? And I love when people say, oh, yeah, because all you have to do is hit this one out of six. Well, guess what? Yeah, if you're going to hit it one out of six, yes, over a lifetime of playing poker, but you may not catch up or get even or get ahead until the very end of your of, of your poker life. And by then, you may not have a bankroll. You may not be playing. So math does play a part of it. I mean, you know, everybody should know the math, you know, what they perceive their opponent to have and what they think their probability odds are of playing. But I think math only plays a big part with aces or kings. Pre-flop, when someone has raised in front of you, and you know, well, if I raise all-in, and I get, you know, heads-up, you're trying to set this up with heads-up with the with the other raiser in front of you, okay, you know that your odds, your mathematical odds, are greater when you're holding pocket aces or kings. But once a flop has come out, yeah, I love, like I said, where some of the the the, the commentators on the on the WPT WSOP talk about math percentages of this. Yeah, that's easy to calculate once you know what the two people have and what's out on the board. But, you know, when you're playing in the game of poker, you're sitting there and, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to probably put your opponent on, on, on the correct hand 50 to 60% of the time or at least his range of hands, and then you could do some math off of that. Right. But he's trying to say, knowing that, you could put enough pressure on your opponent that even if you're, um, you know, a, a large mathematical underdog, it doesn't matter. Right. You're you're playing you're playing the person the position, and I think that is more important in the long run than math is. Don't get me wrong. Like he says, math is very important in certain aspects, but I think what what determines winners in tournaments and in cash games is the Is the other out you know the other thought process of the psychology of it yeah,
1: and as you mentioned a little earlier, you need to get inside the head of your opponent uh, you need to be a people person, basically. His quote here was "The people element of poker, especially in no limit holdem, overshadows the importance of its purely theoretical aspects, including math
0: yeah, exactly, it really does because you know you you put people at ease and you know, the top-notch poker players, which I didn't realize until I started reading some of it and seeing some of this a long time ago, you know, if you're a nice enough person, like Daniel Legrano is considered a pretty nice person at the tables from, from at least the TV shots mm-hmm. dots that I have seen, you know, people kind of open up more to you, you understand? And if you're a good enough study of people, of body language and everything else, You're going to pick up certain tells on them that will allow you to attack them later and to avoid problem when (laughs) you know that they're sitting with with the stone-cold nuts.
1: And then with the uh, proliferation of online poker, sometimes people don't know how to train themselves into uh,
0: interacting with other people. Yeah, well, some of that is some people aren't good enough at typing. You know, I I heard this one comedian going, oh, I was on on a dating site, and we were trying to text. And and he goes, before I could get five words out to answer a text from the girl that had texted me, she had already written a full, you know, a full paragraph coming back at me. So some people can't do that. You know, they don't want to be distracted with that. But, yeah, you know, you can make it nice on there. I, I have said nice hand to some people. Some of them have responded to it. Some people have said it to me. I've responded. Thank you very much. You know, they've made a comment. I've said, "LOL." You know, just trying to be social as social as you can be. Is that important uh-huh.
1: though? I don't like to tweet or I don't like to text what, during. Uh,
0: I normally the game. don't. I normally don't. But on on rare occasions, when someone has been just you know very nice, or say on the on the opposite, on the flip side of that, someone's just been a complete idiot. And an a-hole on yeah. there, you know. Sometimes, and then I catch myself, and I'm like, you know, you don't need to get into this with them. But uh, you know, I, I had one guy once who who, who said, "Oh, thank you for those for your chips." And as it turns out, later on, I knocked them out out of the tournament that we were in, and. As I before I made the call, knowing that I had the nuts and he couldn't beat me, I said, "Thank you, th- thanks for holding my chips and giving them back to me." And then I hit call, and then I hit send on the on the reply so he could see it before he was knocked off the table. <laughs> so but I hate I, it
1: when those people get knocked out and they're like, all of a sudden they're they're called observer and uh, with the letters in real light and they're bitching, and moaning, and well, trying to. And, uh, get into it with people, and it, it just like go away.
0: Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that particular guy that I did that to, after he got eliminated, we you know we were we were already down, we were down to like twelve, thirteen people, and I made it to the final table. Actually, I made it. I, th- I think I got knocked out third or, or fourth in the tournament, but he he stayed on watching. And he kept writing in the, in the in the in the chat box he goes, "I'll transfer you know x amount of dollars to anybody who knocks out uh, you know knocks out knocked me out of the tournament and he stood he stood there for a good forty five minutes to an hour making comments every two or three minutes and by then I guess he gave up because you know I was still alive in the tournament the, but he uh, definite, kept offering to to send money to whoever knocked me out of the tournament the definition of tilt mhm.
1: Uh, so you can do all the math you want, you can learn how to play the game uh, mathematically and, and theoretically, but uh, if you don't uh, know how to uh, understand other people, get into their heads, then you just don't get it.
0: And, and Dave, I'm going to give you the perfect example that I have seen, that's why I loved what he wrote here. I was the ambassador for, for unfortunately, PPC because of what's happened in Ocala a little over a year, a year, two years ago. And there was a young man who was supposedly running through a lot of the tournaments so i said oh see that good a player someone came up to me and said he is a mathematical genius okay and when we were already into day 2 okay and he had made a little bit of the money you know but but yet to advance a lot further he had a huge chip lead well that huge chip lead believe it or not dave lasted three hands okay and it was because he could not read people, and those three hands, Dave, he had pocket aces twice and pocket kings, and and each three of those hands, one of his opponents flopped a set, and and all three flops were ugly flops, you know, like two three seven, uh, four five nine, you know, rainbow, and he could not put his opponents who just kept smooth calling him and then pushed him at the end. He could not put them on a set so for all the great work that he did with his mathematics that was correct that he put himself in a great position you know mathematics will only take you so far you have to be able to read your opponent and say you know i I started with a superior hand but it's no longer superior it's now garbage and you have to have that that that's what these great poker players today have they know when to release a hand that you look at on tv or you're reading about it and you go, how the hell did this guy let that hand go? Yeah, Because he's great at reading his opponents, reading the situation, reading how the betting pattern has gone. It don't matter if you've got pocket aces after the flop, if your opponent's hit a set. You you are now a huge underdog, or if they've hit a straight. you know. And these are the things that I think Tom McAvoy tries to address in that article there. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. Uh, the other thing I wanted to comment on was uh, you look through some of these magazines from 10 years ago, and you see... Plenty of people still doing well in the game that did well back then and have made a long and prosperous career out of it. But you also see uh, people that are out of the game, really. I mean, you look at guys like John D'Agostino, who was uh, everywhere at one time. Uh, uh, Victor Ramden, you don't see as much anymore. And the guy on the cover was the WPT champion, won $3.7 Joe Bartoldi. I I never seen Joe well, Bartoldi since we've done the show. Really right. Well, anything. what we
0: don't know is if that was enough to change his life, and he decided to take a different angle, and now maybe only plays limited. Yeah, I wonder what happens maybe to he some of these Maybe he just plays people. some cash games. He, he's invested his money. You know, again, some of these people may have stepped away from the game, and that's why we don't hear from them. Others just, you know, as as uh, TJ has always said, you know, this is this is a, a brutal game, and. You know, you have to keep learning, you know, with this game. And as we both know, Hold'em has has gone through peaks and valleys of how these young guys, you know, these young guns play this game. Right. That it, it takes a lot out of you to play these games like this and to, to withstand those ups and downs in there. And, um, you know, if you think you know everything about poker, you know, that's when your game starts to decline. That's, right. that's, I can't remember who I could give that, give credit to that quote, but somebody said that a great poker player said, you yeah, know, the moment you think you know everything about hold'em or poker in general, you know, that's the day your game starts to decline, all, you know, and eventually will hit rock bottom.
1: I know that Sports Illustrated does an occasional issue called Where Are They Now? Uh, you could do a regular column weekly on, on Where poker. Are They Now for Exactly. Poker? anyway uh, let's take our first break on the show uh, interesting stuff Joe appreciate you bringing that in and uh, you know it just goes to show you that uh, many of the lessons uh, when the game was super popular uh, when the game went down to nothing at one point they all still apply really
0: they, they really do and you just got to know how to apply uh, how to apply them in different situations that you wouldn't have done it many years ago okay so I listen I I, I have trained people to deal poker and while well, Teaching them, I have helped myself, I believe, to become a better poker player too, because I, I give them examples on how to run hands and how to read hands, and you know when you're doing that, and you're trying to show them all of it. You know, I started realizing that I'm giving this guy advice that I forgot all about to use on the poker table. So, listen, if you've got some of these old card player articles, go back and read the yeah, great columnists sure. that they had writing. For on sure, it. Uh,
1: let's take a break. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. When we come back, uh, obviously, people listen to the show for poker and uh, strategy and the events and, and hearing from the stars of the game, as we often do. But when we come back, i got a couple of things that are outside of poker, but they're, everything comes back to poker. There's always an effect there somewhere, and I want to talk about a Can't couple wait of things when we return. <laughs> we'll be back. More of the show when we return after these messages.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: make something of myself.
0: I want to succeed. The National Guard recruiter helped me get where I wanted to go. The Guard is providing me with paid training. In the National Guard, I get money for college plus a steady paycheck. In the Guard, I train near my home. I'm there for my family, my community, and my country. And I'm proud to be a member of the National Guard. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask how you can get the education and job skills you need in the National Guard. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire.
1: Ah, I'm a bug. To great astonishment,
0: Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. who, <gasps> oh. What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. This is Poker Action Line. I don't mind people evolving... On, on a position, I, I think that if you're not evolving constantly, then in my view, you're you're, you're dying intellectually. We are all evolving to various positions. Uh, anybody that says oh my mind's made up about everything and I'm never going to change my mind about anything, that that's a person that's not living. And and my my, my thing about my blog, I, I'll. This just a little bit. My blog is really not about Nolan Dalla knowing all the answers. It's about this is what I think now, and this is really what I'm passionate about. But you know what? Somebody can show me some compelling evidence; it could change my opinion. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about discovery. It's about the quest for truth. It's about being more aware of what's going on in the world.
1: Welcome back to the show, Nolan Dalla, and we hope he gets more involved back in the game over the next uh, couple of years here. Took a little hiatus, really, for the game, and uh, I didn't go out to uh, Vegas this summer, so I'm not sure if he was uh, working out there on a regular basis, uh, his 14-, 15-hour days that he normally puts in at some of these events. But uh, I I haven't seen as much of his stuff uh, written lately, and I I really miss it. So uh, hopefully things change back the way they were. Before we get to those uh, two uh, topics that I wanted to discuss, I did want to mention... uh, that uh, there's a couple of charity efforts, and obviously during the holidays, uh, people think of others and, and are thankful for all the things that they do have, and uh, try to help people out that are either homeless or suffering. And of course, that's a horrible time for people yes, with the poor people uh, to try to still take care of their children with gifts and that sort of thing. And Bernard Lee has been a done a great job over the years with his uh, Full House. Uh, charity program that he uh, started about seven years ago and uh, over the weekend on December 16th he hosted 40 homeless families including both adults and uh, there were 58 children involved in the event and he had a wish list event where he provided gifts and things that the kids wanted they wrote in and asked for some of the things they needed. He also uh, got every kid a stuffed animal provided diapers to the families that need them And he made sure that every mother got a winter coat and a personalized duffel bag. So, uh, great job as usual by Bernard Lee. And uh, he has done this for many years, and he did this again this year. We didn't have him on the show this year, but I'm sure we will have him on again soon. So, uh, also provided meals uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and in Vegas. And he's even done it in Houston, too, after the storm there. So, uh, involved with many other things, and has got his kids uh, involved in that as well. We know his kids have been a big part of his life and a big part of his, his poker game family, as well.
0: His whole family. His wife's a doctor who's allowed him yeah, to, exactly. to pers- pursue
1: his dream. And uh, you can always pick up Bernard's show on uh, Rounders uh, Radio. And uh, just like our show, you can get it on iTunes uh, as well. Uh, also wanted to mention that some of the poker reporters got together with some of the star players, put together a charity stream on Twitch. Uh, that you can pick up. Uh, they have started that is going on right now. It started on, uh, I think, Saturday. I believe it was the first day. And they are running it through the end of the week. Uh, it is, uh, go on Twitch, and you can uh, see this uh, charity stream, which is benefiting the Reg Charity, which is uh, one that a lot of European players are involved in. Uh, started by one of the poker uh, reporters, uh, Ali Jadavi And uh, she goes online as El Sriracha. You may have seen some of that if you follow some of the poker people online. But along with uh, her good friend, Adam Lamers, uh, they have uh, been involved in putting this together. So if you go on Twitch, you can pick up some of these things. Dan Smith uh, is involved. Martin Jacobson, the former world uh, champion in 2014. Kristen Bicknell, who just won honors as uh, top female player of the year. And you can check all this out. They are streaming through Friday, the 22nd, at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on their switch channel, Twitch channel, I should say, uh, which is called a Team Charity Stream, eight hours a day. And then they will come back on the 26th and have one final 24-hour stream starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, if you want to get involved, if you want to play, if you want to uh, contribute, you can do that as well. But those are a couple things to look for. Uh, one thing I want to switch gears completely here... Stuff going on in town here in South Florida with the different sports teams. We know that uh, Derek Jeter has been grilled all week from uh, <laughs> from uh, Miami Marlins fans as the new ownership has taken over that team. Uh, we know that the Heat is trying to field a team every night with injured players, the Dolphins having their struggles uh, behind Jay Cutler. Uh, did hit, get a big win against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago, but then back to form last week. So uh, all this stuff is is constantly in the news down here in South Florida. But one thing that may have slipped a little through the cracks and really has nothing to do with uh, poker at all is – the movement of the famous uh, tennis tournament, which has been known by different names, the Lipton. That's the one I always remember. The Sony Sony Ericsson, it was called for a while. Uh, It was the NASDAQ 100. Really?
0: uh, See, I always remember the Lipton. I always remember Doral as the Ryder Open also. But it's an event
1: I go to every year, and I like to go in the first day or two uh, when everybody's playing and it fills all the outer courts and you can get right up next to the court. The the Sony Ericsson, yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, But recently has been called the Miami Open, simply Miami Open. And it's always been recognized as like the fifth major tennis tournament. Now, whether you like tennis or not, uh, there is an effect on poker. And I I looked at it closely uh, and read about it because the tournament is moving off Key Biscayne to the Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play. And they're going to to have courts outside of the stadium. The stadium court will obviously be inside the stadium. So there's 29 permanent courts outside, and then the one court that they can take up and put down
0: inside the the building. And I would imagine they're going to put those courts all in the same area so they yeah. can use the rest right of right the park. right next to each other.
1: Because Absolutely.
0: I so don't go to Dolphin Games anymore, not because I'm just not a Dolphin fan, but... The traffic is brutal to get well, out of there once again. But they have these over.
1: huge parking lots there, and there's a lot, plenty of room, and it's going to, like, triple the number of parking spots. Uh, basically, when you went down to the tournament, you had to park over on Virginia Key and take a bus over there, and, and it's in, you know, across from Cranet Park. Uh, but my thoughts in regard to poker are this. Uh, it's right next door to Calder
0: which unfortunately doesn't have a poker room and do not right
1: have now. do not have a poker room right now and i i just wanted to ask you i mean as as a guy who ran his room for a long time can you imagine if you had the Calder room open and they may get open again by then by 2019 who knows maybe rules will change uh, they gave it up because they gave up a lot of the horse racing to Gulfstream and they end up losing their their card room now are there thoughts to bring it back there and what is the effect on a poker room like that think if you had a room at Calder you were operating how excited you would be
0: right now to have this tennis tournament uh, you know a 3 iron away i'd be talking i'd be talking to my bosses To see if we could advertise in in magazines that, you know, that tennis lovers love to read and let them know how close we would be. Right. I'd be looking to make sure we had a bunch of extra buses to bring people over if they wanted to. You know, I'd be looking to accommodate a ton of people and bend over backwards and give them whatever perks I had to to get them in that room. So that, you know, the following year they would just be coming in. You know, I, you, I, you get, like, as they always say, the saying goes, you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. Yeah, absolutely. And this is your year to do that. Now, yeah. unfortunately for Calder, they don't have live racing, which would have probably been a very big attraction. They don't have a poker room. All they have are the slots and whatever electronic, quote, table games that they have. So I I don't, I mean, sure, they want to take advantage of that. But I don't know if it being Hard Rock Stadium and the Hard Rock being literally a 15-20 minute ride from there, you know, I believe that they're going to be the ones, obviously, with all the, uh, you know, on-field advertising and everything right. else, to try to draw the people who are coming here to watch that tennis match to go to their to their establishment.
1: Well, I want you to I want you to handle this as if. You ran the poker room there, and you were open. Uh, you know, you, you, you're obviously you're going to do the advertising, that sort of thing. But can you imagine uh, the international draw that this tournament is, the people that come up from South America, the people that come up from Europe to watch this tournament and to be uh, up close to, to the players. Uh, it's incredible, and we know that Rafa Nadal and James Blake and Andy Murray and some of these other people are avid poker players, and the tie-in that they could have, uh, with this thing, it's just amazing to me. And it just shows how these events, when they move to different parts of town, how it has such a huge impact on your business. And if your business is poker, it's huge. I mean, you figure all the people that were staying on Key Biscayne, they're not going to come in and drive
0: to northwest Miami. It's a long drive just to get from there to Magic City, which would be the closest, closest casino right. to Key Biscayne. Right you know, and and you have to leave that, that, the key, you know, the Key Biscayne Island, you know, you got to travel through that. But over here, over here, I would imagine, because it's at the Hard Rock Stadium, that the Hard Rock's going to try to do everything possible to try to accommodate as many people in their hotel. They're going to be the big beneficiaries out of this. Calder had an opportunity to be a big beneficiary out of it. I'm sure they're... You know their advertising team and their management team is, is trying to see what kind what they could put on to draw these people and get them into their casino, which since it's only literally <laughs> uh, uh, next door to to the stadium, to try to get them in there. But I would imagine Gulfstream, Mardi Gras, you know, even the Isle, even though that would probably be a good 25 minute ride from there, 20 25 minute ride. Are all going to try to do something? Right. But my guess is the Hard Rock—they're <laughs> paying for the, the for the naming rights. They're they're going to put on a full 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 yeah, on this, and,
1: and you you wonder now that this news is out that it's going to be there in 2019, which is March of 2019, maybe a little earlier than Hard Rock had planned to open the hotel and some of the other things over there. But maybe they try to put the the pedal to the metal now and get ready for a little bit earlier because of this event.
0: They might, but hey, they still have a nice hotel that's that that people are staying at now, and you know, worst case scenario. You know again, I don't know how how they want to do this, but they could say, "Hey, you know you know book book seven nights or book a week here or whatever here at the hard rock at this one, and once we open the other one, you know we'll give you uh two nights free stay at the at the new guitar shaped hotel during off season what you know do something that will attract them if they're not staying at your place to make them stay at your place with the incentive of bringing them back once you've got the two casinos, the two hotels there." i mean i 'm sure their 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 advertising team, their management team are coming up with a lot of great yeah. ideas to to get these people to come in there, and now maybe they 'll visit you other times of the season of the year when when there isn 't the, the, the tournament isn 't going on
1: right. Uh, the other item I wanted to mention that uh, really doesn 't have a lot to do with poker but really could influence it uh, in indirect ways down the road is the Uh, the Supreme, the U S United States Supreme Court listening to the arguments, uh, the oral arguments for, uh, Christie versus the NCAA, which is, uh, hoping to eliminate PASPA, the professional and amateur sports protection act of 1992. Uh, Christie, obviously, uh, filing the suit against the uh, NCAA and the four major professional leagues that are all against sports gambling, although the NBA uh, kind of changing their tune a little bit recently. But uh, Christie and the Garden State have always lost every step of the way. But finally, uh, having the chance to go before the uh, Supreme Court is a huge step. And I didn't get too much chance to talk about it because it's not directly poker-related, but I wanted to talk about some of the
0: effects that it could have on poker down the road. Well, in uh, and, and what aspect are you thinking that it could well, affect Well, I'm thinking poker? how
1: much huger uh, you know, business is going to be at some of these places if we have sports betting here in Florida. Uh, you know, First, obviously, New Jersey would be the first ones to have it. So the expansion of some of their poker tournament efforts would be amazing uh, be to cash in on some of this extra business and extra revenue.
0: Well, you know what, Dave? I don't know if it's a lot of extra business. Because trust me, when I tell you, I would have to say, 65 to 75 percent of poker players gamble on sports. Right. Okay. And obviously, we we know that the only legal place in the United States to gamble on sports is in Vegas. Okay. Delaware has those parlay cards. That's it. So they're finding a way, you know, offshore, local, local bookmaker. You know, let's call it what it is. You know. Uh, taking action, someone has taken their action. I don't see it uh, as a huge difference. It will help because some people would prefer to play and know that it's a legal bet and that they're not going to get stiff for a bet and everything else. And and so, it, it, yeah, it might help poker. I just don't see it being a, a huge impact.
1: Well, that's true. And, and let's let's face it: the sports betting at the casinos is not a huge money maker. About four four and a half percent uh is maybe the the money that they take off of that because of the money that's the tremendous amount that's paid out to the winners uh but i just wanted to cover this case a little bit uh because we haven't really talked about it but the uh, the hearing lasted about an hour it was uh about the first week of december and uh, people are wondering when there 's going to be some sort of resolution of the case. Uh, some of the experts feel like they see like about a six to three vote in favor of eliminating paspo, which will open the doors for a lot of uh, stuff uh, of course there 's a lot of obstacles to get this uh, instigated because of the uh, the taxation issues and all the regulations and that sort of thing. But most of the people felt that uh, uh, the justices came out of it that were skeptical of the uh the sports league 's arguments against it, so uh people feel it has a pretty well, good shot listen, you would
0: we'll you have, to have your head buried in the sand to to listen that 's what Adam Silver has said you know we 'd be ridiculous to think that no one is betting on n b a basketball and he knows it and, and and nothing they say or do is going to change that and and football you know is is the king obviously but You know what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to stand on 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 a pedestal and scream that? Oh, yeah. Yet we have a state that anybody can go there and flop down any amount of money they want on any professional or or you know uh, college team uh, to, to to win an event. It's it's. It's hypocritical to think that other people aren't doing this. Listen, they're all intelligent men, so they can't be telling me they don't know there's offshore, off- off- offshore, online betting sites. You know that there are quote local bookmakers. You know whatever it is. If you want to gamble here in the United States, in almost all the states, there's going to be there's going to be somebody or something that you can go to and place a wager on on a sporting event. Right. So. Why not tax it? Why not let everybody get to it, handle it the way they do in Vegas, okay? It hasn't destroyed any of the four major sports or college football, college basketball. hasn't destroyed any of those sports by allowing them to do it there. So why would they think, if it happens in New York, California, Florida, any of the other 50 states, that it's going to... To 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 leave a negative mark or or negative impression of the game. It's it's it, you know that's just being hypocritical. They they know that this is already going on. Why they're fighting it, I have no idea.
1: Well, there'll be a decision made uh, sometime next year. As could be as early as January, uh, or as late as June. Uh, the best time frame. Uh, the wait expected to be at least 90 days with a uh, likely time frame being March or April. So we'll wait and see what, here's, what comes to that and how that it does affect the world of poker. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit uh, about a few other things here in the game of poker, and we hope you'll stick around. Uh, lots to, still to come here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration. I hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year. WFO
0: Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every tuesday night following nhra national events nhra nitro is available on demand anytime on the wfo radio application and at wforadio.com
1: welcome back to the show big dave and joe poker action line from south florida And uh, we move on to a couple of other topics. Uh, I had some stuff planned to talk about uh, which states uh, may be more likely to bring in online poker in 2018, uh, which were next in line. We'll get to more of that next week. I don't think we have enough time to cover that tonight. But uh, along those lines, uh, if you thought that... uh, uh, R- RAWA, the uh, Restoration of America's Wire Act, uh, which is uh, Sheldon Adelson's group, yeah. uh, pushing that. If you thought that was dead, uh, you, we have another thing coming. Uh, because a few weeks ago, and I think I did mention this one time, uh, there was a letter uh, put together by uh, Lindsey Graham and uh, Diane Feinstein, to, uh U.S. centers from uh, I guess South Carolina and uh, California, uh, Lindsey Graham has been all over the place, criticizing Trump and then backing Trump, and uh, you know who knows what side this guy is on half the time. But uh, the Poker Players Alliance uh, discovered a letter for late uh, November and posted it up on their social media pages, and it was a very short, concise letter uh, to uh, the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who uh, we know is involved in the Trump case and was uh, testifying in front of Congress himself. But these two. Uh, Congress uh, senators, uh, bipartisan, one, one a Republican, one a Democrat, reminded the DOJ of a warning they had issued after the uh, DOJ decision uh, regarding the Wire Act back in 2011 that opened the doors for online poker. And they have written a special letter to uh, remind uh, Mr. Rosenstein that uh, you know they have worried about... Uh, Gambling, infiltrating all aspects of life, Uh, you know, uh, Chicken Little screaming that the sky is falling and that sort of thing. But these letters are still out there. Uh, You know, they point out things like. uh, That's
0: because somebody with deep pockets has told them to say that. Right, right, right. But they talk
1: all about the. the, uh, preying on the society's most vulnerable citizens. and
0: That's been the uh, argument in casinos right, coming into areas. Exactly. It's amazing how they keep trying to, to, to come up with this rhetoric. I heard it in Atlantic City 40 years ago. It's amazing.
1: But t- they're saying that they can't let it happen because uh, the FBI doesn't have the resources to effectively oversee uh, an Internet gambling industry. And, uh, you know... How will uh Rod Rosenstein take this is the question. Uh Jeff Session's kind of out of the picture on this one as well because he has recused himself uh basically because of his close ties with Adelson. So uh Rod Rosenstein, the deputy, is the one who's gonna make some decisions and he's shown in the past that he is uh, very eager to uh to go out and prosecute uh these online gaming cases. And uh it's not a great situation. We need to be vigilant we need to write our Congress people. We need to get involved with Poker Players Alliance and uh, and stand behind the industry as it expands here, and hope that a couple of co- congressmen cannot uh, turn around and shut this thing down.
0: Yeah, well, listen. You know, they disgracefully, you know, added some of these rules to the to the end of uh, some uh, bills that that we knew had to pass before national security. Which to me is disgraceful to do that. You know, I wasn't aware that our government, you know, that, that, our, that our legislators could do stuff like that when for so many years they failed to, to shut down online gambling and then they tied it to an anti-terrorist, uh, you know, bill. It, to me, that's all very disgraceful. And listen, and, and if, did I hear you correctly that the FBI doesn't have enough people to properly supervised that's online. What, that's what they're saying. Okay, so now, I don't know if you, the you, Dave, or Geo here, you guys remember a, a, a Navy commercial, you know, protecting America from cyber attacks. You know, we have the best crews. Listen, if you're having people that can, you know, obviously, and, and much more serious, worrying about whether we're being, you know, uh, technically attacked, online attacked, you know, from terrorists and Doing all sorts of nasty things that i can 't even imagine because i'm i'm not a technical guy you can't hire a few other people that are that good to follow an online gaming site to make sure they're following they're following proper protocols you know for for security purposes you know following whatever guidelines are set forth for them you're telling me you really can't hire some some of some of these bright young people coming out of these tech schools that that you know, can run circles around ninety nine point nine percent of the population to oversee this. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
1: Well the line that's most laughable at the end they write uh uh they they claim that the DOJ's decision about the wire act needs to be revisited and withdrawn with the question of whether online casinos whether they should be permitted in the United States should be properly returned to Congress to determine. That's the most laughable thing of all. Like yeah. we want them to decide what we could do with our money?
0: Yeah, <laughs> let me let me not even make a comment because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start getting upset. Okay, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention: uh, Player of
1: the Year for uh, females, uh, GPI Female Player of the Year is uh, Kristen Bicknell, and I wanted to uh, mention that because uh, she had a tremendous year. Uh, defeated uh, Maria Lampropoulos from Argentina. Uh, Lonnie Harwood was third, which is interesting because the year before she was fifth. The year before that, she was seventh on this list.
0: Uh, So she should make it to number one by next year, according to those two jumps by two. See, I told you I was good at math. (laughs) Uh, Also uh,
1: top ten, Maria Ho, uh, Ite, Esther Brady. Uh, Nadia Magnus is sixth on the list for point totals. And uh, you haven't heard that much about her out there, but I remember when she first appeared on the scene was as the – Contestant, the amateur contestant on the big game, one and did very well on that show uh, several years ago when that show first came on. Kate Hall was seventh, Wendy Friedman eighth, Selena Lynn ninth, and Anna antimony is a number ten. So we always like to keep an eye on the females in the game and uh, how well that they've done over the last few years, and it's been fantastic.
0: Now let me ask you this: I know you follow this a lot stronger than I do, but have since not this year's WSOP. But well, last year's when Jason had made that bed with Vanessa Selbs. have you heard a whole lot of her? Because she was always in, you know, making deep runs in most of the tournaments she was yeah, in. Yeah, she's still out there. Fact, I know she's, she's still out there, but lately. but has she has, has she, not she made had a some, lot of success? Not, not a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if you know the worrisome of what that bed was with Jason. And I know she sold some of that off as we were we we said on the show, but I uh, you know. I haven't heard a lot of success with her uh, in tournaments, you know, as she had had for the previous years. Every time you talked about female player of the year for the last four or five years, practically, she was always in the conversation. Right. So I, I don't know if that wager, that that side wager she made with Jason uh, kind of got into her head and, and affected her game at well, all. Well,
1: people come and go in this game. There's no question. Vanessa Russo, uh, big part of that uh, magazine that you showed me and she's of course now a DJ and and not playing much poker herself so uh,
0: uh but a lot of the but Vanessa women have come Russo along. never had the success that Vanessa no, Sulf had. That's you true. understand? No I agree. The one who completely disappeared who had some success prior to Vanessa Sulz was Annie Duke and I think that all occurred because of what happened you know, with her brother, with the full tilt, and, and, you know, her backing, some of these other things, she was involved. Wasn't Annie of with Phil Helmuth at Absolute Poker? Yeah, Ultimate Bet. Ultimate Bet, excuse me, Ultimate Bet, you know, but Vanessa has always been, you know, for the last four or five years, as far as I can remember, she was always, you know, just like Jason was for four or five years, always in the top five of the GPI, Vanessa was always up there, as far as the women was concerned. Yeah, no question. And, you know, ever since that 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 bet. I haven't heard a whole lot about her, so maybe I'm wrong. I just haven't seen it, but I was asking you. If maybe you've seen that, right?
1: Well, we have one more break to take. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the uh, reaction to the release of uh, some of the early uh, news from the World Series of Poker and what some of the players think about that. And uh, we will get to that when we come back. Don't forget that you can always pick up the show on uh, Hold'em Radio. I, they've been... Uh, uh, giving us some nice slots on there. HoldemRadio.com, pick up the pro, the program. Uh, if you are a little more tech savvy, you might uh, want to download SoundCloud and, and go to that on a regular basis. Stitcher.com is a place to go. Poker Fuse, the podcast page, is a place to lo- download a show. Or you can go to our website, PokerActionLine.com, uh, and uh, click on the yellow box. You can pick up any of the recent shows, including the latest one on top and uh, and follow that stuff as we move along into 2018. Of course, iTunes is always a standby to pick up uh, podcasts and other great shows. Uh, we hope you'll listen to Poker Action Line as we head into the new year, and we follow along with some of the big tournaments in January. Uh, coming here at the end of December is the uh, Fun in the Sun tournament at the Seminole Hard Rock, and then the Lucky Hearts Poker Open in January, uh, and then the... Uh, World Series of Poker Circuit in February at the Coconut Creek Casino. And plenty of other things still to go around with other casinos here in town. So we'll get to all of that after the first of the year. But let's take this final break on the show, and we'll finish things up when we re- return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. when the play-for-real game becomes available later this year. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. Big Dave and Joe talking uh, World Series of Poker now as the schedule uh, is not out completely, but uh, some of the uh, uh, new aspects of some of the new events have come out. Uh, and some of the players uh, made some comments that we will be a total, as I mentioned last week, a total of 78 bracelet events, gold bracelet events. Uh, It will begin May 29th and ends July the 17th. A big difference this year is that uh, the main event will start before the 4th of July on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, so day 1C, uh, Joe, of the uh, World Series of Poker is going to be on the 4th. On the 4th of July, out, that's the last opening day, right? Right, which is normally the biggest day, but that's going to kind of uh, get players to play a little bit earlier rather than start on the 4th.
0: Well, we're going to
1: see. So far that has never been the pattern, but
0: right. maybe this year for the 4th of July it will be.
1: Right. And then because of the early start, uh, earlier by several days, uh, they have what a lot of players are now calling post-limbs, uh, post post liminaries uh instead of preliminaries it'll be post limbs. tournaments that will start after yeah, you the main is underway week, yeah. as many as 12 events uh and some players are happy about that some players are not
0: yeah i th- i'll tell you what I, as a manager once you mentioned it last week i think that's a very that's an outstanding brilliant idea because so many people you know leave town as soon as they're eliminated in the main event you know there's not a whole lot more now you know it's going to keep them around. It's going, going to other keep stuff. them around. I think it'll keep them around. I, I, I you know, I, personally, I, I like the idea, and I hope it. I hope it's successful.
1: Uh, online events are expanding as we move along uh, with that technology. Uh, some of the events that will start after the main event is underway include the big one for one drop, the one million dollar buy-in tournament, uh, charity event, uh, the ten thousand dollar six-handed uh, no li- no holdem no limit holdem championship. And the 50,000 High Roller uh, NHLE event, also one called the Closer, which is a $1,500 buy-in with 15,000 starting chips at 30-minute levels. So uh, there will be several new uh, events, including a 365 PLO Giant, which people are very excited about. And uh, just getting some of the
0: reaction, oh. I think most of it has been pretty positive. On what oh, we well, see. let me tell you, I, I, when I got home last week from doing the show, I looked up the uh, the seniors event. That falls on June 15th with a $1,000 June 15th June 15th. Okay. And it's a $1,000 buy-in with one one optional uh one additional re-entry, re-entry for 1,000. So. So I, be there? I I'm I'm I am Pencil trying US? to make I'm trying to make plans to get out there and play in that one so. Uh
1: Ryan Reese uh, had some comments, of course, as a former main event champion. Uh, Wasn't crazy about the idea of the main being earlier on the schedule with several other events, but he said he changed his mind. He pointed out uh, what I just told you, that day 1C on July 4th is going to provide more incentive for people to play uh, 1A and 1B, making those starting fields much more even.
0: All I look at this, Dave, is that between those three days, they usually eliminate, I don't know, know, 50%, but probably 40% to 45% of that field and you may still have that itch to play some more poker, <laughs> and knowing that there's a tournament uh, the next day or the day after, uh, I, just, I, I think it's a brilliant idea. Whoever came up with it, I think it's a brilliant idea from the people at the WSOP.
1: Right. Uh, some of the other reaction, uh, Matt Lance said uh, there's been a real lack of hype and a re- real lack of reaction from a lot of players because they're so obsessed with uh, Bitcoin and crypto space, uh, and people are focusing on that instead.
0: Yeah, well, hey, I wish I wish I had mined some of them.
1: Uh, Dan O'Brien tweeted in. He said the WSOP used to be the event to look forward to, where you could reasonably hope to double or triple your bankroll in a month. Now you just need to pick the right coin.
0: <laughs> That's
1: it. That's it. Uh, there also was some comments uh, from Phil Hui, uh, who plays a lot of tournaments down there, uh, that they didn't get enough player input on making the schedule. Uh, said, how is there a players committee and they think this is the most optimal scheduling for the series? Uh, and uh, DJ McKinnon said, uh, lots of my suggestions are focused on scheduling events better so people can play more events, which leads to more rakes. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there is a $3,000 horse tournament 10 days after day 1A of the main event. And uh, they're surprised that they actually did that. But, uh, Vinny Bahuja says uh, he thinks that the uh, the concept of uh, WSOP post-limbs was long overdue and one of the best changes of the year. I, like
0: I said, you're going to hear complaints from those that don't like anything to change, like Chainsaw likes to complain about just about everything. You know, I, As a manager, you know, thinking, putting my manager's hat on, I think this is a tremendous idea for the casino and I think long run for the players. And then
1: comments about uh, changing the super senior's age from 65 to 60, which means uh, we'll be in that in a couple of years. Uh, Neil Blumenfield said, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it's one more thing to look forward to before Medicare.
0: Well, listen, I'm glad it's at 60 because I can enter both of them in two years. But, you know, 65, I think, was a little too much. I wouldn't have been upset if they moved it to, you know, 62, where, where that's when you could start collecting Social Security that, I think, would have been like the perfect age for the super seniors.
1: A double score. That's it. Okay, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, We've got to get out of here. So uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us on the program wherever you are and whenever you listen to the show. And we hope you'll do that again every week here on Poker Action Line. We'll see you next week with another edition of the program.